So this prophecy from Isaiah that was so longed for, and now John the Baptist is out in the wilderness. And I think as Matthew recounts this story for us of that baptism that's happening out in the wilderness, Matthew tries to draw those parallels from this passage from Isaiah and bring it into the present day, so much so that he would probably take into account the fact that as the Pharisees and the Sadducees heard what was happening out there, heard that somebody was out there baptizing and preaching, they might have even thought to themselves, maybe this finally is the time. Of all the times we might have thought of the fulfillment of prophecy, maybe this might be the one. So they should go out to the wilderness and find out what's happening there. And so as they go out and they probably from afar saw John baptizing, welcoming people seeing them confessing their sins, and then the Pharisees and the Sadducees walk up, maybe expecting John to say, and here we have our leaders who will usher in this new kingdom. Here we have our leaders who will help us fulfill this prophecy, and instead, John looks at them and says, you brood of vipers. And I have a feeling in the midst of that, the Pharisees and the Sadducees said, nope, this is not the way we thought this prophecy was going to come to fruition. This was not our intention of how all of this would come together. But I think what John was saying to them was really the same thing John was saying to everybody. He wanted everybody to have the same experience. He wanted everybody to know that they could confess their sins. He wanted everybody to know that they could have repentance, that their lives could change, they could be in a direction that would align them more closely with God. He wanted everybody to know that the blessings of God were right there in front of them. And maybe he was trying to draw parallels of those prophecies from of old to let people know that they were right at the cusp of seeing them revealed. But John, knowing that he would not be the complete revelation of those prophecies, but instead always pointing the way to Jesus as a way to completely fulfill the prophecies that, that were 700 years ago made for these people. And in the midst of that, it takes us back to that passage that we have from Isaiah. At the very beginning of that, we get this kind of obscure message of Jesse, but then we hear some of the imageries that Matthew picks up on, that we talked about um, uh, righteousness would be around his waist, and, and Matthew lets us know that John had a leather belt around his waist, that there would be times where people would be called into something new, and John now is in the midst of calling something new. And maybe what they would start to understand is that they were called into something new in a way that brought that prophecy new life. Because Isaiah started that whole passage out with this phrase, a shoot shall come from the stump of Jesse. Now for us to really understand that, we probably need to understand something right at the beginning. And so I'm gonna give you an opportunity to just look at your neighbor and give a little nod if you, ask, if you know exactly what's being talked about here. So I won't call you out or ask you to raise your hand if you know who this person is, but the, it only makes any sense if a shoot shall come from the stump of Jesse if we actually know who Jesse is. So if you know who Jesse is, just look at your neighbor, nod like, I got this one. 
So like nine people nod to their neighbor right there. So let's figure this out. So Jesse, I love the way Isaiah sets this up because Isaiah, as a prophet, would call on one of his predecessor prophets. And if we go back to the first prophet, Samuel, we will hear back in the book of Samuel that Samuel was sent to anoint another king. This is as Saul was in the midst of his reign, but Samuel was sent to Bethlehem to the house of Jesse. So we're taking this prophecy and we're taking it all the way back to the great promise that Samuel unveiled as he traveled to Bethlehem to the house of Jesse in order to find the next person who would be king of Israel. And it was there that Jesse's sons passed before Samuel and then finally they called the youngest son, David, out from the field who was tending the sheep and he came in front of the prophet Samuel and was anointed to be the next king of Israel. And so Isaiah does a masterful job of not just taking us back to David, which could have been easy enough for him to do. It's what people assume from the Messiah, that the Messiah would come from the house of David. But what Isaiah was doing was bringing all of the heritage in, in that, all of the promise and the hope as it had been shared, even with the prophet Samuel, to bring in the, the shoot of the stump of Jesse. And when we hear that, if you saw that picture as Daniel was reading for us on the, on the illustrator, it was a very particular place that intern Rita found for us as Daniel was sitting on that stump that looked like it had been a tree, a really pretty good sized tree that had been cut down and was gone dead forever. But if you saw as Daniel was reading just off of his shoulder, there would look like a little bush that was there. Those were actually all branches that had come out of the stump of that tree that had been taken down. And I'm sure that as Isaiah was talking in his prophecy to the people, that he wanted them to know that just the way they certainly would have seen out in the forest, or maybe even as they, they did their own construction and they would cut a tree down thinking it was dead, they would come out in the next spring and what would they find? This little shoot coming out of the side of that stump. A, a message for us that there's always a way of understanding that, that life continues to work in itself, that anything that might look like it's completely gone may not be. And it's that hope that we have that allows us to go through a time of Advent. It's that hope that unveils for us what it is that we see in our own lives and the possibilities that are there. So far, Isaiah bringing this prophecy and then Matthew picking up on it with John the Baptist and then pointing us toward Jesus, letting us know that that spirit that we heard that would be there in Isaiah now is going to be there even as Jesus baptizes people with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then... It might seem really dark when we hear that Jesus is going to take a winnowing fork and clear the threshing floor and all the chaff is, uh, or the grain's gonna be, or the wheat's gonna be brought into the granary and the chaff's gonna be burned with unquenchable fire. 
But maybe what we need to see with that is Jesus is ushering in a new way that we can be the people of God. And I think Isaiah was picking up on this very fact. Because after this prophecy about the, the shoot coming forth and a branch growing up from the stump of Jesse, which we know would connect us to the house of David where people thought the Messiah was coming from, that Isaiah gave us, gave us a glimpse of what we can expect from that. Again, using just a very common imagery from nature, from nature saying that you know a wolf uh, will lie down with the lamb, that the leopard would lie down with a baby goat, which always reminds me when my seminary professor said, the leopard might lie down with the baby goat. The goat's not getting much sleep when that happens. <laughs> But I think that's the call for us is to realize that's exactly where we need to enter in. We need to enter into that place wherever it feels like we are the people who have the power and the authority, much as the Pharisees and Sadducees might have thought when they came out to the River Jordan to see what was happening there, that our call is to usher in a new way that we're in relationship with God and with each other. That we look for those people who are the most vulnerable in our society. We look for those people who either through their lifestyle or their economic status or how they've been treated by the church or other people at any point in their life, we are the ones who are called to be there for them, to call to bring them a comfort and a peace and a hope that they may not have experienced before. That's the kind of hope that comes to us when we see that something might be dead and yet still has some life. And I would say that I, I have the opportunity to experience that. I realize sometimes a little more often than a lot of people because this morning, Pastor Nate and I met with a family of three uh, kids at the baptismal font, and we participated in that baptism. A chance to see hope that springs up in a way that, that John conjured up for the people of Israel. And then I would say that even beyond that, every Sunday I get to witness hope. I get to witness people who would say that they want to be that branch that comes out from the shoot, uh, from the stump of Jesse. That branch that wants to bring new life into the world, that wants to create an opportunity for people to know that they are truly welcomed into God's kingdom. Because every Sunday I get to stand in front and see all of you. That brings me hope. I see people who are out there willing to say, we will be the people of God in this world. We will be the people who will reach out. We the, will be the people who will make a difference, who will let me know that the promises that Isaiah made 700 years before Jesus, the way that John ushered in the kingdom of heaven, pointing it all toward Jesus, through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, and for the next over 2,000 years, you continue to be that hope for the world. Today we talk about hope in the forest, 
We heard the wind of God moving among that place. And so you are that people, that you are the people who bring hope to me because I know you bring that hope to the world. Amen.